born in Retirement people, or people on the verge of retirement, often worry about their income, but they're worrying about the wrong sort of thing, are they? Um, I, I, I think they they should be worrying about their income and maybe a bit less about their capital is, is really the, 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 the key, Bruce. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times when you talk to people um, about retirement, you know, they will say, I've got, you know, I can't wait to get to 50 million or 10 million or whatever the number is. And, and then I'm you know, I'm loaded and I'll be absolutely fine. Uh, but, but actually, when you see people in retirement who are, who are you know, kind of living day to day and month to month um, as retirees, they, they focus a lot less on their capital and, and much more on what kind of income stream they can get from, from their capital. Uh, and and so actually, you know, um, the, the the answer is we, we we've got to figure out as as we get closer and closer to that 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 time when we want to retire, how much income can we generate, and and not don't worry too much about you know the extra zero or the um, on our capital balance sheets or our personal balance sheets because you know actually that doesn't matter nearly as much as you think. Okay, so talk to me about it then. How should we be looking at this differently? How should we be? really getting the balance right uh, I mean to me it starts with with, with the key question which is if you, if I'm sitting with someone and they say to me uh, you know I, I've got I mean just any number I've got 10 million rand am I going to be okay in retirement uh, I, I have absolutely no answer to that question that's like saying uh, you know um, uh, pink. If someone says, you know, just completely <laughs> arbitrary, what, what's more important to me is I'm going to ask them the first question, which is how much um, how much are your expenses? How much do you need on a monthly or yearly basis to actually fund your your kind of preferred lifestyle? You know, and, and realistic. You know, I mean, if you you know if, if it is realistic for you to fly first class, great. You know, if it's if it's not, uh, what, what's your realistic lifestyle? Uh, and and that number is absolutely key. So you know, if if you're going to spend, you know, just just for argument's sake, I've got to do the math uh, s- simply for myself. Uh, but but if let's say you spend twenty thousand rand a month, um, at, you know, at, at your kind of ideal financial freedom day or your retirement day, uh, th- then get you know get that to an annual number. So so multiply that by twelve. Um, and and that's the that's the key. So you're going to spend sort of uh, you know two hundred forty thousand rand a year over a normal kind of uh, you know re- retirement year, and then multiply that by twenty five, uh, and and that's important because that that's a sort of a sustainable amount that you can draw on your capital. And and, and I, I mean I know um, I'm I'm kind of speaking math Greek to you now, but but twenty five is important because. Uh, what that means is uh, it's the same as drawing 4% a year from your capital. That's how we get to 25. So if you take your annual expenses uh, and you divide it by 4%, um, that's the same as multiplying by 25. And depending depending on how much you spend, of course, your pool of capital is either going to last those 25 years or not. And either you can draw it 4 or 5% or you have to draw down at 2%. Um, and, and it would you know, depending on what those expenses are. So expense is absolutely pivotal to this equation. There's no escaping yeah. it. And and I think exactly right. You know, and so so for someone like that, you know, that that sort of 4% rule multiplying by 25 gets them to a capital amount of 6 million rand. And and that's a key number for them 
b- because it's determined by the expenses. So, so for them, you know, all they need to know is can they draw that that, that income? Is it sustainable? And um, and if it is, the, the six million number is is great for them. But but someone else might you know might say. Okay, so so the, the the chap next door can can you know gets by on six million. Um, I, I'm going to aim for six million, and I'm fine. You're not fine if you're going to spend thirty thousand a month, uh, and 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 th- therefore you need three hundred and sixty thousand rand a year. Your number is way different. You know it's going to be much higher. So aiming for a, an arbitrary number because someone said it on the radio or your neighbour said it next door, that's that's completely useless. You, you need to know. That your expenses, in a way, you live your life, uh, you know, around money. That that determines uh, everything at retirement. It's not it's not some you know arbitrary calculator. And if you go on some kind of you know um, generic online calculator to say, uh, you, you know, th- this is what you need. If you earn X every month, then uh, you, you know this is what you'll need at retirement. That's also useless. What you earn is not nearly as important as 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 what you spend. So, and the other thing that we've got to factor into this equation is something that we thought was dead. We thought inflation was dead. Well, not we. I didn't think inflation was dead. I just knew it had gone on an extended holiday. But some people I know um, were telling me five years ago, oh, you don't need to worry about inflation anymore. Central banks have got this thing under control. Inflation is dead. Ha ha. Famous last words. Inflation has come back with a vengeance. And there's in no way in this current environment that your income is going to keep up with the cost with the price of inflation and that's a real concern and somehow you've got to factor that into the mix of this this very difficult equation exactly right and and what's interesting uh, you know talking to retirees in these circumstances where where, where inflation is shooting up uh, um, th- th- what they are doing is they're actually simply adjusting their expenses i'm saying simply as if it's an easy thing it's not it's you know it's very difficult to to spend less uh, you know, you've, you're making real sacrifices at retirement, but but what they are doing is they they are uh, they are making trade-off decisions. So they're saying, uh, you know, I'll, I'll cancel my uh, you know, TV subscription, or you know, instead of buying a car, a replacement car every five years, I'm gonna I'm gonna push it out to every six or every seven years, and they're, and they're making you know almost real-time adjustment to the expenses because their their the, the cost of living has escalated. So quickly, uh, and, and important to note here that they're focusing on the things they can control. In other words, the, the expenses are something that they have some impact on. Obviously, they can't control inflation, but they control they can control to some extent how how they spend. What they're not worrying about is a capital asset. They're not saying, okay, well, I'm you know I'm, I'm going to sell that art collection now because you know I need an extra three thousand uh, a, a month. You, you know, they're not doing that. They're actually focusing on the most important things to them which is their expenses and 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 so circling back you know the the big amount the big number the the lotto number that you think you're aiming for don't worry about that try and keep your expenses as low as possible and control them and and then you might win the inflation war much much more easily than someone who just ignores um the, you know the, their expenses and, until it's far too late and if you don't like the ratio between your income and expenses and you haven't saved enough 
Just take some comfort from a guy, from somebody called Lesejo. Lesejo tweeted uh, two days ago. Lesejo said, in traffic, I normally have coffee on my mind. I've often asked myself why nobody's selling coffee during traffic. And this morning, I could barely contain my excitement. I saw this man selling coffee in traffic, and he poured mine. I asked for a picture. So Lesejo takes a picture of a guy who has got a an over-the-shoulder contraption. It looks like an apron and a bag and uh, paper cups and one of those... Uh, two or three litre pump pots and is pumping coffee into a cup. And he's got a little board, cardboard sign that says, coffee, 15 bucks, cookies, five bucks. And then you see the response today from the guy who does the coffee. Hello, guys. I'm the guy selling coffee on the R55. He says, I, you know, he says to the person who posted, to Lesejo who posted, he says, I owe you coffee. Thank you, guys, for the positive feedback. This is very touching. I'm on the R55 weekdays from 6.30 in the morning. Coffee to car. And it's amazing, Warren Ingram, just, you know, the, the, the way in which people are, are, are making a living and are surviving. Perhaps that's a side hustle. Maybe he's got a day job. I don't know. But certainly there are many, many innovative ways to up your income if your income isn't matching the expenses growth that you have. It's, you know, there's, it's never too late to make some kind of a plan to alleviate the pressures on yourself. Uh, you know, and I, I keep um, I keep thinking about uh, you, you know people that might be at the very early stages of of retirement or very late stages of their career, and and they they you know they they're constantly in my view undervalue two things. One, they undervalue the time that they're going to have at their disposal, and they undervalue their life experience and and potentially their career experience. And and to me, you know, I mean, we, we're all kind of running as 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 hard as we can just to get by every single day. And especially families where where both parents are working, which I think describes you know pretty much most families nowadays. The the one thing they all run short of is time, uh, and you know we we see it with the explosion of of you know these shopping services, uh, you, you know where, where where you can kind of order your online shopping and arrives in you know in in less than an hour, um, um, you know the the kind of moving your food around. Uh, you know, moving your kids around potentially, all of those things are about finding ways to get time. And if you're in that position where you've, you know, early retirement and maybe, uh, you know, not enough income uh, to, to cover your expenses, well, you know, what you have is time. And if you can offer your time to, to people who, who don't have time, that, that's a fair exchange. People will pay quite a bit of money to get more time in their lives. Warren Ingram is a personal financial advisor. He is a director at Galileo Capital. A question from Marcel Johannes this evening saying, I have a couple of, I'm a couple of years into my journey to financial freedom. I'm saving money. I've built up an emergency fund. Tick. I've luckily never had too much debt. Tick. Now I have a lump sum that I would like to invest and I am trying to decide between a passive fund or an active fund. I know a lot of active funds don't beat the passive funds after fees, but I like the idea of someone making smart decisions with my money. Is there, are there any traits or characteristics you would look for in an active fund to increase my chances of choosing a good one? Lovely question, Marcel. That question to Warren in a moment. The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. So can you make a smart choice to, to to have an active fund manager manage your money? Somebody's got a better chance of beating the index than others, Warren Ingram. Is there a mechanism to do this? I've got a feeling I know the answer. But I'd like to hear yours. For for, for fear of of sitting on the fence, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm I have always, uh, you know, s- since they've been available, been a b- big fan of of index investing. What you know, what, what Marcel in his question calls uh, passive investments, and, and I still am. 
them. I think they are very valuable. Uh, but but, uh, but I do, and I have also always thought that there is scope to choose a fund manager uh, who, who, who can uh, aim to give you either higher growth than than what the index will give you over time, or or you know match the growth, but potentially at at, at somewhat less risk, uh, and and that might sound like you know a Goldilocks scenario where, where you know everything's exactly right, and 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 sure that is that is the case. Uh, so 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 I, I would I would I would tend to blend those two. In other words, I would tend to have some index investments in in my in my my. A kind of personal portfolio, and I would certainly uh, um, have an active manager. If you're going to choose an active manager, um, I, I think the important thing is, uh, firstly, that 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 you know exactly what you're buying when you buy an active manager. In other words, understand what the fees are. You know, are, are the fees very simply, very clearly explained to you? Are the fees uh, low? Because what what we know about active managers um, over time is the, those that have uh, low fees tend to perform very well. Those that have high fees tend to be right at the bottom of of the rankings of of performance measurement. So, so low fees is a big tick. That that's one big thing you need to know. Tra- transparency of of the investment is is I think equally important, and it needs to be something where if you read it, uh, you, you have an idea of what of what the fund manager is trying to do, how they look at the the investment world. Uh, and, and why they buy certain things, and, and potentially also what they don't buy, what what they tend to avoid. Uh, and then, very importantly for me, is if you're going to have you know a blend. In other words, you're going to have some index investments in your portfolio. It's useless going to to buy an active fund uh, with a fund manager that says, you know, I'm, I'm, I tend to be benchmark aware, and I'm I'm going to you know buy slightly more shares than the index when I believe in a company, and slightly fewer shares than the index when I don't believe in a company. Because all you're doing then is getting a really expensive index. So so if you're going to buy an active manager, they, they need to. They need to have investments which look fundamentally different from the index. They need to be very active. They need to have very high conviction uh, in 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 the the companies or, or investments that they're going to buy for you, and and they need to be limited in number. You know, it's it's pointless. For, for example, in South Africa, if you said I want to buy a, a fund manager that uh, invests in the, the stock market, don't don't. A buy a fund that has 200 shares because what, what the fund manager has done is simply bought all the shares on the JSE. You're looking for something that owns you know 20 or 40 shares and 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 you know very big allocations to each of those. So so they need to be very active, um, very low fees. Uh, try stay away from performance fees if at all possible, and and you know simple, transparent, well articulated. Uh, investment philosophy, and if possible, a long history of sticking to that investment philosophy in good times and in bad times. You don't really want a fund manager flip-flopping from one style to another style because you know w- what worked last week doesn't work this week, and I'll try something different next week. That that that's a huge danger sign for me. So you can't just tell by the color of their eyes or the glint in their smile. Um, it's uh, it's a lot more complicated than that. Yeah, yep, and and you know the the, the quality of the 
you know, of, of the of the marketing material and and the TV ads and all that stuff that, that doesn't count to me. Uh, I want uh, you know some of these fund managers, the very best ones, are very prickly personalities. They are not great marketers. You know, they they potentially don't like people as 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 much as as they like uh, you know spreadsheets and and uh, annual reports. Uh, and and they're out there researching and not marketing and not talking. You know, they're, they're out there trying to find the best investments to buy. So so there might not be people that you'd want to invite home for you know for, for a lovely bri and, and stimulating conversation. But uh, but I, I found that the very best fund managers are are often not the people that you know give the best uh, you know talks and and have the you know that kind of give you that warm fuzzy feeling. That they're you know really analytical, really driven. Uh, to 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 research and 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 kind of almost exclude everything else and and those are the ones you're 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 looking for. Wonderful. Let's wrap it up with a quick question on uh, I picked a phrase, a word of the week. Um, cyclical stocks is there such a thing as a cycle anymore? There is, and and you know it's it's really timeless because lots of concern about. Uh, about the, the international, the developed world, let's say, going into recession if they keep pushing up interest rates, uh, and and so if if the economy goes into recession, then then the companies that that, uh, that have done well when the economy was booming will start to suffer because they are they tend to follow economic cycles. So if you think about things like. Uh, Airlines, uh, you know, car manufacturers, hotels, anything where, where where you don't have to spend money on on their product or their service uh, to get by would typically be called uh, cyclical shares. And so, so when when people are feeling the pinch and they're and they're worried about their economic future, they'll spend less or stop spending on discretionary uh, expenditure, and and that's always to the detriment of the of the cyclical stocks. And so, uh, definitely a big part of of, of the investment world, um, you know, and, and fund managers that specialize in growth shares, for example, often buy these cyclical stocks. Uh, and the opposite of that would be things that we can't stop spending on, you know, for, for example, electricity or water and, and and those kinds of more defensive shares. So, so yeah, uh, definitely we're 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 right in the middle of a, of a cycle change now, Bruce, around the world and 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 maybe in South Africa again. Thank you, Warren Ingram, Director of Galileo Capital, also a personal financial advisor.